0: I'm Jason Palmer, one of the hosts of The Intelligence, The Economist's daily current affairs podcast. The Economist's award-winning shows make sense of what matters. From our special series on China's president to our weekly podcasts on business, technology, and American politics, our journalists provide fair, in-depth reporting on the events shaping the world. Search for Economist Podcasts Plus and sign up to our free one-month trial. This episode is brought to you by Clavio, the platform that powers smarter digital relationships. With Klaviyo, you can activate all your customer data in real time. Connect seamlessly with your customers across all channels. Guide your marketing strategy with AI-powered insights, recommendations, and automated assistance. Deliver experiences that feel individually designed at scale and grow your business faster. Power smarter digital relationships with Clavio. Learn more at klaviyo.com slash Spotify. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash Spotify.
1: It's time to say goodbye to hold music and say hello to fast customer support with Service Cloud. With trusted AI and data working together, you can skip long wait times and deliver efficient, personalized service right away, all while keeping support costs low and more customers happy. Reimagine your customer support with the number one AI CRM for service. Learn what's possible at salesforce.com/products/service. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. The credit card created by Apple. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that you can now choose to grow in a high-yield savings account that's built right into the Wallet app. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone and start growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility requirements. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply.
0: Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Richard Metcalf about making time for strategy. Richard Metcalf, welcome to the conversation today.
1: Jonathan, hey, it's great to be here.
0: It is great to be with you. I believe we had a nice conversation a couple of years ago. It's been a while. Great to have you back on.
1: Great to continue the dialogue. Uh, where are you joining us from today? I'm joining you from Paris, just outside just outside of Paris in France. So uh, you can tell by my accent, I'm not uh, born French, but uh, I have adopted the country over the last 20 years.
0: Wonderful. And I love France. I love visiting any t- chance I get. It's been a, a while. I think the last time was pre-pandemic. Um, but So I need to get back. Um, but wonderful. And I know it's a Friday evening for you. Thank you for taking the time uh, to have this conversation. We're going to be talking about Richard's book, Making Time for Strategy. And as we get started, I wanted to share Richard's bio with everybody. Richard Metcalf describes himself as what you get if you were to put McKinsey consultant, a slightly unorthodox pastor and an entrepreneur into a blender. I love that. (laughs) He is the founder of X-Quadrant and a trusted advisor to exceptional CEOs and entrepreneurs and their leadership teams. Richard, anything you would like to highlight from your own background before we dive on in and talk about your book? Just
1: one thing, perhaps, which is really why I do what I do, which is really important to me. And it's probably become really more important than than when we last spoke. Mm -hmm. Um, I realize that what I'm really serious about is helping these top leaders that you just mentioned create extraordinary impact, make a positive difference in the world. And the reason Mm -hmm. for that is, uh, you might be able to see it in the background here um, on the video, but my sister Georgina was mentally disabled. I had this high-flying career and she needed 24-hour care. She couldn't speak and she passed away relatively early in life. And and so for me, that dichotomy has always been huge. I, I feel that If world's top business leaders don't change the world, then who will? And Mm. so I think when I wrote the book, uh, it was one half of the equation. So what I'm all about is helping these leaders create bigger and more positive impact than they can possibly imagine. And what I find is there are two dimensions on this, Jonathan, one of which is um, being um, what I call being magnetic, which is like attracting people to us. Uh, mm-hmm. having powerful conversations resonating with purpose being somebody who stands for something who's on fire mm-hmm. and the other part is what i call being strategic which is this exponential thinking which is about putting our attention on the things that matter and i think it's those two things together is the work that i do with with ceos and, and entrepreneurs and some of their team and i so the book really is focusing on that strategic part mm-hmm. but i want to just share the the bigger the bigger yeah. context Because for me, it's not just about, you know, hey, how do I just, you know, carve a few more hours out of my day? It's actually important because it's about impact.
0: Yeah, I think that's wonderful. A great way to frame up the start of this conversation. Impact is what it's all about. I think every leader wants to have impact, wants to maximize their influence and the ability to make a difference in their team, in their organization and in the world um and we we usually don't know how to do that um you know we're kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off just trying to put out fires and just keep things afloat and you know getting to bigger conversations around strategy and impact are Mm -hmm. are the types of things that not every leader gets to um and so you know if you want to increase your impact and really start to make a difference one of the the best things you can do is start to um you know Prioritize your time in such a way that you can put the time in to spend on the strategy and the deep thinking and the things that need to happen in order for you to get to the point where you can have that impact. Exactly. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Let's start by just, if you can explain, share with us a little bit about kind of the origins of this book, uh, why mm-hmm. this book, why now, why focus on strategy and and the title of the book, Making Time for Strategy. Uh, why that title?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the reason for writing the book is that I realised that is is a problem that all my clients have, and most every senior leader has this problem of time. I was talking with a, with a chief executive just two days ago, and um, they were sharing with me the familiar story. Actually, I'm so caught up in the day to day, it always feels the whole organisation is firefighting i feel i'm operating one level below where i need to operate it feels like my team is operating Everybody is operating one level below where they need to be and as a result they're overwhelmed yeah uh, and they feel guilty about even giving more to their own teams because they know that they're all busy too and where do i find the time to really work on those game-changing things that i know is going to make the difference i've had all my so many of my clients when they first start have this issue they're like well I want to go make a bigger impact. I want to think in multiplication, not addition. Mm. But how can I go and do that next level stuff when I've got all this other stuff on my plate? And I realized that most people turn to productivity as the answer. They, they turn to, you know what, well, I just need to get more efficient and more productive. But the problem is that that doesn't actually deal with what I call the infinity of things that come our way. Let's face it, we got infinite emails, infinite social media, conversations to have, infinite content, books, yeah. podcasts, uh, blogs, uh, streaming, whatever, you name it, it's all coming at us. And we can't get through it. Every email we send, we get two back. Mm. Every Slack message we send, we we create a whole conversation. So it never stops. And I think leaders, especially as they rise up and they get more and more responsibility and their sphere of influence expands, even piles on even more. And so the techniques that used to work, perhaps for them, A, they probably don't work anyway in our current society, current age. But also, they're also in a bigger, more responsible role than ever before with a wider circle of influence. So that's why I wrote it, because I realized that the typical productivity tips weren't enough to break through.
0: Yeah, and and the more success you find, the more that gets put on your plate. And... You know, people want to work with successful people. So the more people ask of you, and like all the things Mm -hmm. you said, it's it's just really hard. If we just live in a world where we think, okay, I can just like squeeze more productivity out of Mm -hmm. you know this this limited well, you know, doing these tricks, you know, that that just doesn't work. And and so I'm really excited to hear uh, more about how. you approach the strategy piece given this reality that so many people find themselves in as they're going through their day to day.
1: Yeah. So when we have what I call the infinity trap, because it's a trap because we try to work faster and faster to get through it all. And we actually get more and more tunnel vision. We feel it's focused, but actually we're not seeing the opportunities. We're not, we're being productive perhaps, but not creative. And we're not therefore finding those breakthrough moments. So within our own little frame of reference, we're adding value we're we're kind of making things happen. uh, We're making progress, but it's actually very incremental because of this tunnel vision. And that's the infinity trap. And um, so what's the solution? The solution fundamentally is we do have to create time, okay, to mm-hmm. do that. But, but we, how do we do that, right? Because it feels almost impossible at some points, like it just can't make it happen. Well, you asked about the title of the book, why it's making time for strategy. So when I talk about strategy, first of all, I don't necessarily mean corporate strategy. Mm-hmm. If you're a CEO or, or entrepreneur, as many of my clients are, that will be part of it. But for me, it's really the strategic, right? Which means the thing that's going to move the needle for you. The thing that's going to make the difference. It's the filter making time for the thing that really matters. And time is an acronym. In fact, I was super happy when I actually realized that my, my approach fitted into the letter TIME. But there are four things that spell the letter the word time that you need to address. And the issue is that if you address the wrong one, you don't remove mm-hmm. the barrier. Mm-hmm. So if you work on productivity and that's not your big issue or you you work on your workflows, and that's not the issue, then you're still going to be overwhelmed. So these four areas, and um, I've even got a diagnostic uh, little quiz on the website I can tell you about, um, which actually helps you identify which of the four areas Mm -hmm. you need to work on. And you can literally just jump into the book, write in that section and work on that. So I try Mm -hmm. to design the book to be a book for busy people, so that you don't have to read it from all the way through. You can just jump in and work on what you need to or you can work it through systematically as well. So the four areas, of this, the T is for tactics. Sometimes we do actually need workflow, better workflows. We do actually need a tactical plan to free up our time. Uh, especially, I call it like a crash plan. Imagine that we are um, a business, right? Businesses, imagine you have a business that has zero margin, zero profitability. It's just stumbling along. Some months it makes a bit of money, some months it hasn't, doesn't have quite enough money. It can't really invest in the future, that business. It can't really build a new plant, invest in marketing, catapult their future, right? They're kind of stuck. Until they get additional margin, they're a bit stuck, and it's very fragile. Well, for most leaders, that's the same. We're like that business with our time. We've got no time to invest in future success, we're bumbling along, using up all our time on the day to day. So we do need a plan, which I go through in the book, to really say, okay, let's do an inventory: of what your current commitments are, how strategic they are, and then it's build a fast acting plan to rapidly free up some time and make a big difference. Because let's face it, if you're in that business owner who's not making any money, you probably need to cut deep. You probably need to make some big changes so that you're not just playing incrementally at the edges with. You know, a few minor savings. So, Mm. tactics involves shifting, getting rid of things on our in our commitments, but then maintaining that and having some more sustainable workflows going forward.
0: Tactics, wonderful. And as I'm thinking about, and maybe this will come later. So, if 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 it does, just (laughs) say, hey, just wait, just a moment. But the the tactics piece, it's it sounds like part of this is a boundaries kind of exercise, Mm. um, and understanding. What your boundaries are like just yesterday, I was thinking of, you know, there's this particular um, leader that I've been working with, and we've been going back and forth. And it it, this project has really become a huge time suck. Uh, And I feel like I'm always being asked in an urgent way to respond to they, their procrastination their lack of organization then gets translated to urgency towards me and we end up rehashing the same stuff over and over and over again usually with long periods of nothing happening in between you know and and at some point i'm just like you know what this it's not my core job it's it's not really my responsibility i'm trying to be a good team player i'm trying to be helpful um but this is just not worth it to me or my team to continue to do this. And so I'm just gonna have to set up a boundary. I'm happy to work with you. I'm happy to continue to try to collaborate in this way, but this just does not make sense. So, you know, establishing a boundary when you have that kind of a candid conversation, then either, you know, you can say, okay, I guess we're done collaborating or you can say, okay, well, let's, revisit how we're actually going to do yeah. this in a in a, a healthy way in an effective way to actually make sure things are moving forward and we're not wasting people's time etc so part of it seems like mm. perhaps a boundary conversation
1: yeah i talk about boundaries actually quite a lot in the book but that actually fits nicely into the second uh, second mm. area which is influence mm. so as i said the reason this is not just a productivity challenge is there are some tactical things but it's also a leadership challenge. It's yeah. actually influencing your stakeholders because I like to say if you want to go on a diet, the pe- the, the sabotage is most likely to come from your family mm-hmm. because they're the one who <laughs> they want a chocolate cake and they don't want to feel bad about it, right? Where well, you virtuously saying no, so they're going to kind of tempt you, and uh, yeah. <laughs> unless you've really had that conversation up front and That's really so established <laughs> what I want to do, you can do it. You know, you can have what you want. I'm not going to. It's fine. Don't feel guilty. You know, you can have that conversation, and then when they say, "Okay, we'll support you in it." Then you've got allies and not saboteurs. Too often what we do is we come up with a plan and we go, oh, I can't do that because my boss won't agree or the other people in the company won't want me to do that or my customers won't accept that. But have we actually had the conversations to renegotiate those boundaries, mm. uh, to create some new boundaries? And so influence is really important because otherwise we can't implement our tactical plan. It will fall flat because we are trying to change, but nobody else knows they need to change. So in the influence part, part of the book, I talk about that. I actually think it's an overlooked area. When people do the, the assessment that I mentioned, the making time for strategy assessment, yeah. and they get a score, they get their overall score, which they can benchmark. We've had hundreds and hundreds of leaders do it. But also you get, you get to see which is your limiting factor. And I find that influence is... Uh, out of the four areas, it's the fewest number of people think influences their limiting factor. Interesting. I suspect that that's not actually the case. I suspect that people underestimate Mm -hmm. how much that is actually holding them back. Because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. if you can get your boss on your side, if you can renegotiate with your stakeholders, your customers, your peers, your team, and create a new agreement... Yeah. That makes a huge amount of difference. But often we don't do it. We don't have those conversations. We don't have the bold conversations. We don't express our needs clearly. We don't explain why it's going to be better. So I think influence. And, and, and right. Really it's
0: uncomfortable. Impact. That's a, a it's a it's a nerve-wracking conversation because you know, people want to please people, you want to you yeah. want to be seen as successful and you want to be a team player, etc. Um, so it can really be a challenge to to be willing to have those conversations
1: yeah exactly so th- so that's that's the influence part and then the flip side if we then move on to the next one is mindset so often it's what we believe is possible necessary and desirable that holds us back in this area mm. so it's not just a leadership challenge it's also a personal transformation challenge because we might f- we just might feel that we oh, we have to be busy to to be to be valuable to right. Uh, to be productive, we might feel that uh, if we're not hyper responsive, then that's a bad thing. I like to say, well, imagine you try to get in touch with the president of the USA or your company CEO or, or whatever. It's like, well, perhaps they wouldn't be responding in five minutes. And perhaps you'd be actually quite happy that they've got better things to do. They're an important person. So <laughs> what if you're an important person, you have important things to do and you're not getting distracted? So trying to hack people's thinking and and help them realise that perhaps their addiction to uh, instant um, responsiveness or addiction to adding value or or need to people please or all these things, perhaps we need to let those go and find a different way of thinking about things. So I like to say we want to prioritise contribution. Instead of being governed by our fears, which often happens. So that's mindset.
0: And and that's interesting to me personally, because I tend to be one of those people. I'm not sure if it's a style thing. I don't feel like a huge amount of pressure personally to like be the hyper responsive person but I am. And, you know, I, I, I always feel really bad if I'm like, I, I, I was a little bit late for this conversation. I felt horrible about that. I hate wasting people's time. And if someone contacts me, you know, I want to be on top of things enough to be able to respond to them quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I don't feel like a huge amount of like weight or pressure, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm like burning myself out to do it, but I, I am, I do tend to kind of be that hyper responsive person. And it probably impacts me in ways that I'm not even aware of, uh, and it probably diminishes my, my energy in ways that I'm not aware
1: of as well. Well, the, quest, the, the I think the challenge is really, what are you missing out on? So yeah. what would happen if you created more space in your life, more space to think and reflect? We've jumped into the tactics, but I suppose I want to just go back up one level. What are we trying to create here? I call it strategic time. And it's time to think about and work on the game-changing projects, or the game—the things you need to shift—and right. and the issue is, so often we we're not we don't create that time, we don't have that creativity, and so we just take the hard path. <laughs> it feels like it's just the direct path, but it's the hard path. It's the, where we're just trying to add the effort in, and so when we are hyper-responsive, it's fine. But then that means that probably our day is taken up by noise. We don't have just time to reflect. Well, I take I take my I have run a CEO group of some of the world's most amazing leaders, so from billion dollar companies to startup founders to different sorts of leaders. And uh, we go away for a couple of days. Uh, next time we're going to Iceland in a couple of months. Uh we've been to, you know, we're in Paris uh, four months before. And just those two days out of their business where they get just a step back and think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's such a game changer for them. Yeah. And and it's just, we we don't often give ourselves that gift. And I'd like to say that it, it's really important to know what you need to be working on because you can't free up time from operations. You have to free up time for something more valuable. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it just crowds back in. So it's really important to spend some time getting clear about what do I want to spend my time doing? What would make a big difference? Yeah. So that's mindset. You see, you can see that... Um, yep. the, we're always limited by our own thinking about things. Um, the final one is is the environment. Environment is the E in time. And, and environment, but what I mean by that is is really your company culture. Um, so there are some tactical things about our own personal environment that we can deal with, such as minimising notifications and these kind of things. But it's also the question about, well, how do I create an environment around me where where we are promoting strategic time, where we are having a culture where it's okay to stop and think and close the door and reflect and and not just feel that we have to be in production mode all the time, but also be in creativity mode. That's often a really big challenge for leaders because it's not just about their own personal productivity. If they can sort that out and the rest of the organization is completely overwhelmed, then what? So the time part is really helping them think about how do I create that language, create that that uh, discussion, that conversation within the broader company, yeah. and how can we put into place some some behaviours and some rituals that promote that. So that, if you like, is is the kind of the overall the big picture. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and I think that's why that's why I think so the, the book came out of the work I've been doing with leaders on these areas. I realised. I'm getting results for these people that you know did a group program there was a mid level manager he got promotion you know he he was overloaded he he created thirty percent of his week, he realized he was able to delegate and and get rid of he had all this free time went to his manager and uh you know he rose up a level because it's like, oh, great well, you can take this responsibility now. you can take that responsibility uh same with c e o clients where they finally managed to drive their next initiative, so I found it was so powerful. And it was when I realized it's this kind of this more of this coaching approach around dealing with the leadership issues, dealing with the personal mindset issues, dealing with the kind of organizational dynamics issues, mm. it's those things that make the difference and not just adding a new filter to your Gmail or yeah. a better, a better to do <laughs> application.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Richard, this has just been a great conversation. I really appreciate you walking us through the time acronym and, and some of these kind of. Tools and approaches that we can use to free up the time so that we can you know, focus on the strategic pieces, have those reflective moments, uh, and get unplugged a little bit, at least, so that we're not just running around putting out fires like chickens with our heads cut off all day, but actually getting to to the, the second level kinds of work that we all want to do. I think we all are hoping to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, I know at the time I need to let you go but before we wrap things up for today I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you find out more about your work your team where the, you where they can find your book and then give us a final word on the topic for today
1: yeah sure so first of all my name is Richard Medcalf with a d and no e uh, there's various ways of spelling Med Medcalf and my company is called x quadrant uh, so it's just the x and then the word quadrant. And if you want to find a bit more, first of all, find me on LinkedIn. Hit me up. I'm always um, putting interesting and valuable things out out there. Go to makingtimeforstrategy.com if you want to find out about the book. Um, uh, There's the links to Amazon and all the other things there, as well as some reviews and all the other stuff you might want to find out about. Uh, And actually, what I'll do is I'll set up a special link. If you go to xquadrant.com slash HCI then I'll actually put the link to the uh, making time for strategy assessment there and some other bonuses as well. So that's probably the best place to go to get everything in one place. So xquadrant.com slash HCI. And um, yeah, and if, if anybody gets the book and uh, finds it interesting, feel free to reach out and strike up a conversation. Uh, it's uh, I'm always very happy to engage with people and, and have that two-way dialogue. It's, it's fantastic.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Richard. Again, a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out and get connected. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. That you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And that you can have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and please join us again soon.